0: i'm chris reback this is call in with dr alexandria white we discuss business leadership in our time of social change when to call in when to call out and how to build sustainable business value today today's topic how to be an ally when women's credentials are minimized before a conversation though an ask from us to you we hope you like these call-in conversations and if so we'd appreciate if you'd take a moment Go to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen, and if you're so moved, leave a five-star review. The ratings really matter. They go a long way to helping other people find the podcast.
1: Our show is brought to you by Clayton, Dubilier & Rice, which is committed to a more diverse and inclusive future. Let's call in. Hi, Dr. White. Hello, Chris, how are you?
0: I am good. Two items are in the news. The city of Greensboro, North Carolina, removed a zoning commissioner after he repeatedly refused to address a professor as doctor during a live public Zoom call. Second one you may have heard about as well. The Wall Street Journal published a much-publicized op-ed where an English professor argued that First Lady Dr. Jill Biden should drop the doctor because she is a doctor of education and not, I guess, an M.D. or even Ph.D. He wrote, and I'm quoting here, Madam First Lady, Mrs. Biden, Jill, kiddo. He called her kiddo, can you imagine? A bit of advice on what may seem like a small but I think a not unimportant matter. Any chance you might drop the doctor before your name? Alex, do some men have a problem recognizing women's professional credentials?
1: So as an academic, Chris, I have to highlight some statistics even before I answer your questions. So let's start with the numbers, Chris. Let's talk about the impact of even getting an advanced degree. According to the U.S. Census Bureau's education attainment report, only 4.5% of Americans hold a doctorate degree and it's even less for underrepresented groups and that can be Hispanics, African-Americans, Asian-Americans. And so the importance of just amplifying and magnifying that this is a very, very hard academic accomplishment. So when I think of the op-ed, when I think of what happened in North Carolina, I think of the magnitude of even getting a terminal degree. Now to answer your initial question, Do some men have a problem recognizing women's professional credentials? In both of these incidents, men were at the forefront. However, I believe people in general have a problem recognizing credentials. And so I always like to give an example connected to myself because this work is very, very personal.
0: And just for the record, you did notice I called you Dr. White. You
1: did. I appreciate that.
0: You're not going to call me out, right? I am not. Okay, go ahead, please. (laughs)
1: I often introduce myself to rooms to people. And one of the first things that I get, you're a doctor? What kind of doctor? And so I'm kind of used to the question now. And I say, I'm a doctor of education, similar to Dr. Jill Body. Oh, really? Wow. You don't look like a doctor. Where does that come from? And what does a doctor look like? Both of these incidents very resonated with me on a personal aspect, on an academic aspect in regards to do people overall have a problem recognizing women's professional credentials? And so I think it's just people overall and not just men.
0: And so that's part of what I want to get to because there were some reasons given, explanations given for some of the actions and your take on whether you believe them and how you would weight the different factors is something I'm curious about. But I found myself wondering, what is really going on? Is it a passive-aggressive tactic? Is it a new form of trying to emit authority or even dominance? Is it, you know, my kid is reading 1984 right now. And so I found myself wondering, is it Newspeak for, I can't say women are inferior, so this is going to have to do instead?
1: I think every situation is different. In the North Carolina situation, that was just pure disrespect. If you watch the video and the exchange, I think it was a different... Level of disrespect on multiple times she was asked, Dr. Rosario was asked to be called Dr. Rosario.
0: How in the world did she keep her composure like that?
1: I saw her in me. I often have to censor my body language, my facial expressions, my words, because you do not ever want to be labeled the angry black woman. Mm. And so I saw how her body language, how she tensed up in the video and she was still trying to hold her ground three or four times.
0: I mean, he kept putting out the bait and she refused. She would not take the bait.
1: Correct. Lots of breathing, lots of self-talk in the background on how I can handle this. Because if you read the article or you're up to date on the event, it was a public event. So there were people tuned in from all over Greensboro.
0: Yeah, it was a live Zoom video. Correct. Alex, can I ask you about something you just said? Is that literally true? Do you have to take that moment or moments and talk to yourself and almost coach yourself? Breathe, don't take bait, stay inside of yourself. Is that something that you have to consciously do?
1: Yes, it is the process of coaching yourself through incidents where you know are triggering. I have been in places where the N-word has been used, professional places. I have to navigate that. Do I leave the space? We talk a lot about in a lot of my facilitation regarding diversity, equity, inclusion, is time, place, manner, and relationship. And so as I'm coaching myself, when I am the subject of a microaggression or a racist or sexist comment, I'm constantly thinking, where am I? Am I outnumbered? How will I be perceived and how will this impact my family or my professional career? All of these are constantly in my mind when I'm dealing with negative comments or insults.
0: It's almost a checklist. Correct. Did you develop that checklist over time?
1: I didn't develop the checklist over time. As I've grown professionally in academia, there were times when I would shut down and then go to the other room and cry. Because I was so angry and I knew that I could not show emotions. However, in my time in building rapport with people, I have allies who would often step in and say, that is not right. Dr. White actually said this. And so I've had allies in boardrooms and conferences and meetings that have spoken up for me when my voice was too unstable to say anything.
0: So Alex, now I'd like to get your advice and your guidance for the business world. What should business leaders do? How should they think about calling in versus calling out? So my first question, I've tried to put myself in the shoes of the professional woman, the person who received this kind of commentary. In general, how should a professional woman react in the moment and after the moment?
1: So we've mentioned this before. I truly believe in time, place, manner, and relationship when dealing with microaggression, sexism, blatant disrespect. And so as a professional, I'm always thinking, and some things that I coach other professional women is, is it the proper time? Is it a board meeting? Is it a high impact project that you are working on? The person who has been the offender, is it a stranger? Is it someone that you have to work with day in, day out? Is it your superior? And then what is the relationship? How often will you see this person? And so, while those are lots of questions, that is something that, as a professional woman, and then I'll add my intersectionalities to that, is that we have to navigate or censor. And the importance of allies in men and people who see these is to say something. And when do those allies say something? What should a business leader do? And so, business leaders often have to navigate. When to say something, how to say something, and how often to say something. Because we know CEOs, CFOs are so busy channeling emails and meetings. I guess they can't speak up every time a microaggression or sexist comment comes about. And so what business leaders should do is, are their companies policies very adamant that we want inclusive language, not only from our customers, but also from our colleagues and our employees? That's something that business leaders can do. And now let me add on my intersectionality as a woman of color. Please. When you are in those boardrooms or places and spaces and you see an underrepresented group, a woman, a mother, an immigrant, an African-American, an Asian-American, a member of the LGBTQ+, how are you an ally when you see these types of comments being directly targeted at people? And so I often tell people, How can you be an ally as a colleague? Should you say something in the meeting? Should you give a shoulder tap? And so there's two things. If you are a colleague and you see someone from an underrepresented background being constantly targeted, whether it's their names are pronounced wrong, their title is not given, what can you do? So I want to give you an example. There was a CEO and he was introducing everyone on his C-suite. and There was only one woman. And the CEO talked about all of the men's credentials. Oh, he was a founder of this. He went to Harvard Business School. He has this amount in his pipeline. He did all of the accomplishments for the men in the room. And then when he got to the woman, he goes, this is Susie. Oh, and she's a mother of four.
0: Come on now. And so this is for real.
1: Yes. So this is an example of how in the moment does that only woman in the room say, Mr. CEO, not only am I a mother, but I am also a graduate of Yale. And for the last 15 years, I have made this amount of money for your company. And so she did. Hmm. And the CEO, oh, yes, yes. You have been an asset to our organization. That is an example of when a woman had to react in the moment to amplify her credentials, to a room of men who might have only saw her as a mother. Can I push back on one point? You
0: gave the CEO, the CFO a little bit of an out. You said, you know what, they're busy. So maybe they can't respond to everything and at every moment. But isn't the time to say something, if one is the leader, if one is a C-suite leader, Is it not the time to say something in that moment when it happens, make the stand? Maybe you don't have to call out the person who said it. One's tone can be constructive. It Mm -hmm. can be calling in. But are you giving them just a little bit of a break by saying, oh, maybe they can deal with it later or they might not have time to deal with it right there in the moment?
1: While I wish that every CEO had the tools, the competency and the language, we know that they don't, Chris. And so, one of the things that I do in my inclusive leadership trainings or executive coaching is give CEOs the language. Because right now, in this cancel culture, sometimes they're remaining mum or silent when these things happen because they don't have the language. And so, while everyone is not on their DEI journey, I believe in giving grace and understanding and meeting people where they are. And so, in the perfect world, yes. Right then, on that Zoom call, in that board meeting, when a sexist or homophobic comment is made, the CEO shuts it down. That is my hope. But right now, we know that people are still learning that all of this terminology and all of these new words and nuances and what not to say and how to say it is scary. And so what I do and what my passion is, is to give grace, educate and still believe that people will learn and be helpful and be inclusive to each other.
0: Super. Thank you.
1: And so I'd like to give you some tips. Yes, please. What can you do? These are tangible things that you can do to amplify all credentials from all people, from all employees. Ask, what would you like to be called? It's simple. In this virtual world, You can often see people's names or preferred pronouns on the Zoom screen, on the Microsoft Teams screen. And if not, ask, what would you like to be called? Doctor? Attorney? Be intentional about using proper names and pronunciation of names. So we're not only talking about titles, but do you make it an intentional part of your business strategy to properly use people's names and to properly say people's names? Another thing, introduce colleagues in meetings by their credentials. I work with the wonderful staff of Reboot Excel, and every time my colleagues introduce me as Dr. Alexandria White, they are amplifying me even before I have a chance to do so. Hmm. Setting the stage. Setting the stage. So introduce your colleagues in meetings by their credential, especially for women in underrepresented groups. So once again, some tangible and actionable things that you can do. Ask, what would you like to be called? Not only in titles, preferred pronouns. Be intentional about using proper names and pronunciation of names. And last but not least, be that ally in the boardroom. Introduce colleagues in meetings by their credentials, especially when you see that they are the only in the room.
0: So ask, be intentional, and be the ally. Those are the three? Definitely. Dr. White, thank you.
1: Thank you, it was a pleasure speaking with you today.
0: Talk to you soon.